Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my god. Today. It was more of a fandom episode, to say the least here, because I've been a fan of this guest and his crew over at Comic Pop for the longest time. Honestly, check Comic Pop out on YouTube. It is a loss for words of how amazing they are. Back issues, Elseworlds, the interviews, all that jazz. Amazing. But the host, Sal Crivelli is on the show. Sal is a big comic book nerd. We talk all things about writing Spider-Man, his pitch for it, what the fans want, merchandise, Comic-Cons, the comic book community, all sorts of stuff. It's really a good, I would say, escapism from what's going on in the world and such at the moment here. And hopefully you guys enjoy this episode because we deep dive into the nerd culture of things. So be sure to check Sal out over at Comic Pop. I mean, if you haven't already, do it. But also... If you guys want to subscribe to the show, it would be immensely helpful for us. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or ComicChronicle.Podbean.com for new episodes every Monday, or follow me on social media at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter, or at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram to keep in touch with all the comic stuff I do, film, the podcast, all sorts of things. So yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in, and I hope you guys are doing okay out there. The world, we talked a little about it a little bit, the world is still really crazy, so please just wash your hands, stay safe, stay smart, you know, don't do the protests, just eventually things will get better, it's a new world we're living in right now, so just enjoy the new world and enjoy the curiosity, and you may or may not hear dogs barking right now, because home studio stuff, like everyone else. Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode, and without me rambling on for any more, let us go in to this little fun talk with Sal. So I like to start this way on every episode, good man. Sal, show, this is an honor to have you here, to say the least. Please, the honor's mine. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not blowing you. This is honestly <laughs> one of the times. It's, you're on the top list of people I wanted to talk to. And I, I've talked to J.M. Dimiteus. So it's one of those, like, you're on that list. Thank you very much. I am I am humbled to be on a list with Dimateus, man. He is the man. His stories are incredible. He's been there. He's done that. Um, you got to set your sights for people like him, man. I'm 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 in the, I'm in the gutter, but uh, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you very much for having me, dude. Of course. And you do so much for the comic book community, to say the least. Here, I was one of those like, fuck, I gotta have him on the show. And he's <laughs> and he's the most honest guy I know in comics. I like, appreciate that. that. That does not make me a lot of friends, but I do appreciate it nonetheless. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know what we do any more than than what you you know. I mean, we're we're trying. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I I think it's because you know one the honesty factor. I'm an honest guy a lot of times, and you probably got the same thing too. Where it's you're an asshole, you're a dick, and it's like, oh, you think this is bad? Well, fuck you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm one of you guys. Don't worry. I'm not a shell. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> I'll shill. Don't don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> you, you mean tell me, Warner Brothers, you want to pay me $100,000 a year just to say yes, I like this? No right. problem. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I have I have taken gigs from Warner Brothers before, Not, um, but thankfully they weren't opinion-based. They were just like, come here, see this, and then go home. And I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, like, okay, no problem. Or like, well, you did stuff for Bloodshot, too. You guys were doing promotions, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, what was it? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. The Valiant thing was amazing because, like, when Valiant, like, kind of became into the forefront back during the previous Guard, they were like, nobody else is doing what we're about to do. Like, Marvel, mm -hmm. DC, Dark Horse, Image, IDW, nobody is going out to the comic book commentary community. Nobody's talking to YouTubers, podcasters, and, like, 
getting them involved, bringing them behind the scenes. And uh, that's what normalized our relationship with Valiant. And then when they left, we kind of like assumed that was it. And then the new guard came in. They were like, we want to keep things going with you. And uh, thankfully, they brought in some smart people who worked in either comic book news journalism or uh, worked in the industry in some other capacity. And so they knew us and we were contacts. And so like they were like, hey, you want to keep doing things? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like what you do. I'll, I'll promote the things that I like and I won't talk about the things I don't, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and, and that and that's been where it's but where it's been. I saw I got to see Bloodshot and uh, during the pandemic in New York City, of all places. Good call. And uh... <laughs> yeah, that's. That's really the place you want to go to, Sal. Way to go! No, I got to. I <laughs> literally. It was. It was during a time when we weren't. Sh we like the news wasn't quite as like on it. Like you know, we we kind of weren't sure what to believe or what to expect, and so it was like it was in. It was in March, and uh, I got. I got on a bus. I went to the train station. I went to the movie theater. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I was like, and when I got home, I'm like, what a mistake. Um, but <laughs> Wait, I will say, uh, dug the movie. I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, hey, this is like, I remember like ha like a couple times during that movie being like, this is like a real movie. I, I have something I have to admit about yeah. Bloodshot. I've talked to the creator of Bloodshot on the show. Yeah. I still have not seen the fucking movie. <laughs> you gotta, I mean, like, you know, it's yeah. funny, like, wait for it to get cheaper, but like, it's a, it, it's a fun movie. Like, you know, and, and if you're looking for like Valiant Universe stuff, stop. Cause it's just, mm. it's just Bloodshot. It's just that universe. But like, you know. It's still pretty cool. I'm like, all right, you know, and Vin Diesel's doing his thing. Like, he's doing the Vin Diesel thing. If you were expecting him to, like, do anything other than, you know, a more, like, soft Riddick, then, then you know, you're in the wrong theater. But, well, I know. mean, if you get Vin Diesel, you get Vin Diesel. That's right. I mean, you know. I, it's like Will Smith. You get Will Smith. What else right. do you want? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you don't want Will Smith to act. Like, you don't want, like, mm. well, that's not true. I mean, he's good in, like, The Pursuit of Happiness and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he does acting but if you want like a movie where he runs and fires a gun you're only gonna get one type of will smith yeah you get the irobot which is still i vote a good movie <laughs> i uh i've seen irobot more times than i care to admit and uh yeah it was one of the first movies where i was like hey alan tudyk has, a, has some range that was that's the that's the uh that's the that, that's what i'll give irobot is that hey yeah. alan tudyk has range and then you know you, you see everything else he's in and you're like oh my god this dude can can do it. I embarrassed myself in front of Alan Tudyk. I met him like at uh, I think Denver Comic Con two years ago, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Dude, you are like the prettiest Lon Chaney in the world. You can disappear." <laughs> roll. And he was like, "That's a, I like that. <laughs> I will take that and not yeah. pay you any royalties." Fuck oh you. no, he's welcome to it. I mean, that's just something some schmo said while he was signing his Firefly poster. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I'm there. I got told by a fan the other day to like, you make me feel like a 13 year old again. I'm like, okay, that's, I'm going to take that and put in the review stuff. And yeah, I may or may not tell any adults. Yeah, exactly. Man. No, also cool. too, with you drinking the Coke zero, you should fucking have a Coke zero sponsorship. When I, I had know. it on the show, I'm like, come on, come on. I know, I know. And I don't, you know, it's funny. Like I just like it. Like, and it, and it's lit. I only drink it because when I was a kid, I grew up on like Coca-Cola products, uh, whatever. I'd have Pepsi. be like, Meh. but, uh, but I drank a lot of Coke and, uh, I shouldn't have because it's like empty calories and it's all, it's all sugar. And, uh, at some point or another, I was like, I was literally gaining weight just from drinking the amount of copious amounts of sodas that I drank. And I was like, I gotta go to diet. I, I can't. And, and diet Coke tastes horrible particularly yeah. if, you're, if you're used to coke if you're if you're used to coca-cola you drink diet you're like oh no like it's not even close and i was like i'll just condition myself to drink this instead and then uh coke 
C2 came out, which was like half Coca-Cola, half Diet Coke. And then like a couple other things. Then Coke Zero came out and I tried Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, this tastes like I remember Coke tasting because I haven't had a Coke in like eight years. So I got into that. It was literally just like I like drinking a beverage that is fizzy, that tastes kind of like a Coke product from my childhood that also doesn't have any calories. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't and need, it's like, I don't need the help. I eat pizzas. Like, I don't need the help. With the soda. <laughs> yeah, I but can't yeah, no, say I, anything. Yeah. I did reach out to Coke and they said no. What? Yeah, on Twitter, there's actually a Twitter conversation. They're still there. Where I was like, hey, uh, hey, Coke Zero, come on, you guys. At this point, come on. Because people were like hyping it up on Twitter. And I was like, I jumped in. I'm like, all right. I mean, because like, I because I will. Like, I'll take it. And uh, and Coke Zero itself, like the, the the Twitter account for Coke Zero said, we do not offer sponsorships. Lies, fucking lies. I've watched most movies in 2020. Thank you. They're in yeah. almost every movie. I Michael know. Bay and, said thank you for the money, Coke, the other day. Right. And come on, like the, I you you'll be amazed, and it's kind of fun. It's like you're part of an exclusive club when you like see a celebrity who's like, I gotta get a Coke Zero, and you're like, I yeah. know you drink that because it's literally the same thing. I did a gig for um, a former president once who only drank diet cokes and so it's like you know that diet coke is like the thing like for for celebrities for like hollywood for the hollywood elite their beverage of choice it's diet coke but you know that they're like this tastes like battery acid and then coke zero came (laughs) out like you know the ones who are like who who you know who did the research and they were like i can't drink this shit anymore and then they were like "Ooh, the same great taste with only no with no calories i'll take it and then they give you an orange, and it tastes like a creamsicle. And the orange zero is better tasting than the regular Coke orange. Yeah, I loved Coke. Man, the, the they screwed up those freestyle machines. I went to the hospital I was born in because it was the only one in the like New Jersey tri-state area that was within driving distance that had one of those Coke freestyle machines oh. because I, because the Coke orange captivated my imagination because I had heard like it got to the point in the UK where Coke zero Coke orange was a flavor that they had in like two liter bottles and cans. Like you could buy it in the grocery store. Oh shit. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, we missed out. And I don't want to go to Georgia to have this shit. So, but then I found out this machine went down there and it was everything I thought it could be. And then they made Coke zero orange. And I'm like, even better. I can have the same great taste with no calories yet again. And then people started mixing their vanilla and their Coke orange. And they were like, oh, creamsicle. And then Coke noticed that like the resulting uh, combinations made the Coke orange syrup s- stock go down because there was too much of that left over. So they yeah. just, they just cut out Coke orange. And I'm like, that's, I wanted it at a, as a the, no Coke, Coke creamsicle, so to speak, <laughs> is a yeah. sometimes flavor. That's not the only time I only wanted Coke orange. I will sometimes dabble in vanilla. But you've completely removed that option. And I went from, I got so close to achieving my dream of having like a 12 pack can thing of Coke orange or Coke zero orange. And they skipped it. And now I have Coke zero orange vanilla. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you were so close, but you flew too close to the Sun Icarus. You had it. You tasted glory. And yeah, then it, it just it tasted like orange. And now yes. it tastes like, like candy. And I'm like, damn it. I know this is Ugh. fascinating. I'm sure your viewers are enjoying this, but like, oh, we've had weirder conversations. We've had sex stories on the show. <laughs> You're totally fine. <laughs> right on. I'll spare you those. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> never know. When they well, happen, you know. Oh, okay. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Compared to both of us here, I'm a single dude, and then you're married, if I remember I correctly. Married. Yeah. Like, wait a minute here. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh man. Well, definitely, it's been interesting though doing our jobs. I think because also too, I want to talk about it because in this timeline. 
I hate this timeline. I want a flashpoint because fuck this place. <laughs> yeah, I, I over. It's funny because like I do and don't. It's one of those things where it's like you, like every movie or comic or story where like a character, like friggin' Endgame, where Tony Stark's like, we could go back in time and stop Thanos from doing the snap, but I have a daughter now. So we have to make sure that everything happened, including all the infidelity and suicides, as yeah. long as I get to keep my daughter. And like, let me tell you something, that's like the most realistic thing in that movie is people with children are like, I would burn the world to the ground as long yeah. as it preserved my miniature version of myself. And yeah. I'm like, right on. But, um, but yeah, I would, I, 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 he, I understand it now because it's like, this is the worst timeline and I'm doing this in it. And it's like, for a lot of people, I'm sure that's like indicative of the fact that it's the worst timeline. They're like, yeah, you're successful and all this other, and, and we're on fire. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I am moderately successful. Like I, I get to do this for a living, which means like, I guess it's not all bad. Uh, but if I go back and I like, I, I end up, you know, fixing everything. I know that the one thing that will be fixed is that I don't get to do this anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, like Sal, the businessman. He's yeah, now I working will... in stocks. I am. I am. No, I'm working at all at all state or State Farm. All like, state or State. You're you know the State that... Farm guy. That would be amazing. You're... I'd be Sal from State Farm, and then be replaced <laughs> by a sexier, younger version of me. Oh, I feel so that, bad for that, that actor. I know that Jake from State Farm guy. He was yeah. like. He's like, are our khakis? And then they're like, uh, what if you were sexier and more uh, relevant? And then it's like, oh, I guess I, okay, bye. Yeah, fuck you and your royalties, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what happened? Did, did did original Jake get too friggin', like, <laughs> did he get too big for his britches? Like, what happened to poor Jake? I, he, he collected, so you find out it's like the one kid from Pawn Stars. He's like a pimp or some shit like that now. <laughs> and you're like, and he's doing coke. Like, fair enough. Understandable. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's the nice part about what we do, I think, is we are the escapism a little bit because I, I went on, I get tagged in so much shit on Facebook between people, mm. and somebody sent me the thing that really cemented this timeline's bad is that people were protesting in front of a gym doing yeah. push-ups and squats, about 100 of them in Florida. Like, uh -huh. oh, it's over. It's over. You can't <laughs> compete. What, what the hell am I going to do? Right. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, we do. We are the ones that are able, and this sounds like we're tooting our own horn, but listen, I mean, if I could reach through, I guess I'd tug the penis according to what people say I do. But, you know, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I said this show's uncensored, Sal. Yeah, that's um, fair. You know, we have the ability to give people entertainment still because, you know, it's important. Yeah. You know, comics are always escapism. And now more than ever, like, I cracked open a couple of, I reread Superman Red Sun the other day. Right. And totally forgot about everything. I'm like, oh, my God, this is true. Comics can be the escapism because they're so needed now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. No, we need the distraction. Even ourselves, like, even those who provide the distraction. Although, you know, I, I don't like to toot my own horn too much because, like, for me, it's like I get to talk about the things that people are doing as opposed yeah. to, like, the people who are doing what, what I want to be doing or at the very least what, what, I'm, what I admire most. Um, but in the interim, as they are behind the scenes working on things, you know, like, cause all the comic book creators that, you know, at least working at the big two are working on books. They're still being paid. They're still working on these comics and they're just building up like a catalog. <laughs> they're building up like a backlog of stuff so that when books come back, boom, it's going to hit the scene and it's going to be huge. Uh, so they're working, but like in the meantime, you know, nothing's coming out as opposed to the thousands upon thousands of hours of TV that you could watch or all the video yeah. games that you have not played yet. And yet I still get people who are like, you know, who, you know, they're like, I, I watched all your, I watched a couple of your episodes twice because I just feel like, you know, because I'm looking for something to do. And I'm like, 
you know, you could listen to me while you work out, or you could play a video game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> either way, you mean, yeah, you can just do that. Yeah, I feel that it. hard. Like, exactly. You know, I, I feel that hard because as uh, I think we talked about on a live stream one of the years, it's like I'm actually a comic book writer too. So I, I work for a company, yeah, indie company, SGGS, and people have asked me when the new book's coming out. Like we are doing the same thing Marvel and DC are doing, where it's catalogs. Right. And I want to give them books because people are like, one of them is Giant Monsters meets the Vietnam War. So awesome. people want that. And they're like, yeah, come on, we need more. I want to escape. I want to read more of your books. I want the toys. I want to play the games you guys got coming out. The video games in development. Like, yes. I wish I could. You just, you wish, you kind of feel guilty. Like, I'm holding on to your happiness. And it's like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's where we are. It's, it's, yeah. I hear well, you. How has it been filming back issues for you guys? Are you still filming any of those? Or are you on a catalog? Because I uh, no, haven't saw the uh, new episode yet today. Oh well, it's it's, it's a doozy. Uh, we actually okay. it, it, see if you can um, bring put yourself in that headspace. The concept is that there's this virus that is uh, the epicenter is in New York City, and uh, everyone's Ooh. infected. And uh, like, yeah, it's literally unbelievable, it's, Sal. Yeah. Full shit. It's complete uh, fa fantasy and fiction, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a Marvel event called Contagion. Uh, which nobody read, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I I picked it up because I was like, oh, what's this? And um and then I read it. I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah, I see why nobody read this. But um, it, it's it's just yeah, that's what came out recently. But in terms of shooting the show, Ben and Ethan live together. Tiffany and I live together. Uh, both Ben and Ethan are in self isolated quarantine. Tiffany and I are the same. Um, you know, Ethan works from home. And uh, so we, we, we kind of like, because I am, uh, we're, we're not necessarily rolling the dice, but we are shooting the shows. Like we're still shooting the mm -hmm. shows, but we are practicing as, as safely as we possibly can. Um, and the thing is we're, con we're in constant contact and, and we keep the group under five people. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to like just kind of do what we can. Because the thing is like none of us have risk factors. So it's like if any of us were to get sick, it's, 12, it's two weeks in isolation and then then we're back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're just kind of like taking it slow, but, you know, being being as proactive as possible while still maintaining the show. Um, if any one person in the team felt uncomfortable, we would definitely stop. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, options in place, but there is a steady backlog. Like we haven't had to shoot a show in a while because we shot like five. Like, oh, <laughs> I Jesus. A, like I have at least three left before we have oh, to wow. shoot another episode. Um, so we kind of like stagger it a little bit. Makes uh, sense. That's a good way to do it though. Cause I thought about it watching last week's like, wait, how the fuck are they doing this? And also yeah. I'm not going to look at the comments cause it's going to be people like, you should be practicing this. You should be doing you something know, like. Initially it started with that. The first episode when things went like when New Jersey, let's say had the first like major quarantine, mm -hmm. we had a, we had like four or five people. When I say a lot, it's like not a lot at all. Like, you know, anytime we get like a detractor or, or, or a comment like that, I say it's a lot, but it's like, it, it's a lot of it's more than one, like for me. Yeah. Um, and it's usually like four. If it's four, that's like an over, that's a torrent of negativity. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, that that's that, that we we got quite a bit of, a bit of that where they're like, way to practice social distancing, you guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm doing that when I'm protecting every like I'm staying isolated. I don't go to the store. I don't visit my parents. I don't do mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. Like everything's being shipped in, and like we and we go to my office and we shoot, and then and then everybody goes home. 
Um, but like if Ethan or Ben interacted with their parents, it wouldn't happen. You know, like yeah. if they if their parents were in the area, we wouldn't be doing it. Tiffany, same deal, and it just wouldn't be happening. So we just kind of keep it, uh, you know, we keep it contained, so to speak. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And you know, if you're doing it, because also too, you don't want to get arrested. You don't want to pull an Elon Musk apparently lately today. Like if anybody's arrested, it is me. What a hero! Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, hero, uh, hero. You can't you can't fucking name your kid right, but it's fine. You know <laughs> exactly, dude. Oh. Uh, yeah, don't get the don't get the virus and infect your family. But uh, whatever. Exactly. Um, Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you, I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be, comics. It's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, and downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them drawntocomics.com or find them on social media and the number is 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully, you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, Drawn the Comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I, I I hear you. Well, I'm curious about something, Sal, is that you guys get shit all the time, like by fans, <laughs> by uh, like co- like people working comics. You, get, you guys get so much merch. Right? I know the camera wasn't working. So you can't see my home studio. It's full of like pops. It's got like figures and everything like that. McFarland, by the way, I love their DC line. I don't know why. They're, fucking They're great. Uh, it's it was great. a breath of fresh air. I've just been like waiting for good DC figures because like you know you look at the whenever I'm in a Target, Walmart, and I look in the I like as a kid I always went to a department store. In my world, it was like Bradley's or you know Kmart. Yeah. And I'd go and look at these uh these like go to the toy aisle and look at like everything I wanted to buy. And maybe my mom would help me out, but uh, but it's a compulsion that I still feel to this day as an adult. Where I will, if I go to any department store, I will also go to the toy aisle and just look at what's available. Oh and, yes, uh, the Marvel Legends figures. I'm like, these are so cool, and I can never bring myself to buy one because I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, where's it going to go? Um, but yeah. but uh, the DC line had been because it was I think Mattel originally. Um, I was looking at those figures and I'm like, I don't want any of these. Like, I don't, I don't want this. They, they look so stiff and crappy. Uh, but with the McFarlane figures, they're just so sleek and sexy and cool. I'm just like, yeah. I bought one. I bought the Hellbat figure. Oh, you um, did? Oh, I did. And, and I've been hunting for him. Like every every couple of weeks before the pandemic, I would go to the store and I go and they would have a thousand of those De- Detective Comics 1000 action Batman figures. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. And then uh, maybe one Harley Quinn, and I'm like, this doesn't look any more distinct than any other Harley Quinn figure. And uh, and then I'd leave. And then when I come back, I'm like maybe there'd be a Nightwing. And I'm like, oh, we're getting closer. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. eventually we finally there was one Hellbat, grabbed it because it's like twenty bucks. And I'm like, that's a dollar or more less than the Marvel Legends figures. Yes. Oh yeah. And there's so I want uh, I want more of the McFarlane toys. And you're getting more. Let me tell you, he yeah. has he has at least two more waves coming out. We're gonna get like. A white knight batman white knight oh, joker yeah. like 
we're getting a, a bunch of cool shit. And if McFarlane has his druthers, if these figures sell, he's going to make all kind. He's going to make like McFarlane Batman with like the huge cape. Like, oh. yeah, like, like blue and gray colors. Like yeah. that Hellbat figure is huge. I have all my, I have the NECA Ninja Turtles figures from the movie. Mm-hmm. And he is just shredding them. It's literally all four of them, like in this diorama I built in the office of just the Hellbat armor, Batman, like fighting all the Ninja Turtles. And it's really cool. <laughs> that is amazing. It's, oh, yeah. McFarlane's doing the shit right. But so doing it gonna, oh, God, yeah. You got to interview him the other day and I listened to I that. Did. I'm like, yes, it sounds amazing. I'm kind of jealous for one. That was a fuck is amazing. I, 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 as a kid, I would have freaking, I would have punched myself in the nards to get that opportunity. It was, oh, uh, he and he was exactly what I expected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, like having watched interviews, watched the shows, watched like read his editorials back in Wizard Magazine. Like I, I, I had a feeling I knew what what I was in for, and I was not disappointed. He is he he was a class act the whole way through. Love it. I love it, McFarlane. If you're listening, you can come on the show anytime. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, um, I was wondering was. Is there something you guys really enjoy the most out of the collection here? Because, like, I have one sent to me from one of my guests from the Spider-Man PS4 game, actually, nice. was the Mr. Negative pop figure signed by who Stephen O'Yan, who played Mr. Negative, and oh, he sent a little cool. note with it. The most iconic thing I have, the best thing I have now, I have, like, fucking, I literally have fossils when I worked in paleontology in my room, my workshop right now. That's dope. And, like, that's mine, but do you guys have something maybe a fan sent you all, or is it... Something um, maybe uh, my work here at, is, is made up of of a lot of that. Actually, I, I we yeah. we've been sent things for at least five years by the incredibly generous members of our community, who have sent us anything from boxed toys. We have pretty much like the first entire wave of the Batman animated series figures from just Jeez. one person, like, and 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 that's notwithstanding the the original art we've gotten. There's a beautiful portrait of like me as Spider-Man and Tiffany as Doctor Strange that we have up here. Yeah. Uh, up in the corner, we have um, Tiffany and I did this like long Marvel DC event crossover like pitch session, and we created like we had like five different potential catalyst events that everybody kind of like voted on for which one should be the main thing. And then we created a whole bunch of spinoff books that all came out of the time from which it was made. I think it was like 2014. Mm -hmm. So it's like very, very distinct. And one incredibly talented member drew the cover for the first issue of the spinoff book of flash versus ghost rider where it's like, it's just, it's new 52 Barry versus Robbie Ray as ghost rider. And it's just, it's, it's like, print ready like it and it's original pencils and stuff that's up on the wall like original art is incredible the letters we've received have been um you know funny to heartbreaking and those are always like we keep all of them they're all in a box Mm -hmm. that i keep you know i haven't looked through them in a while but like they are you know very important to us Uh, anything from the fan community is like kept and put someplace on a wall or a shelf because like we have a lot of space in this studio surprisingly enough um so that's really awesome. Anything that's like action figure wise, I try to put up on a shelf or a wall so you can see it. Um, but yeah, there's 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 so much that it's hard to like distill into one thing that I that I even like hold up amongst the others. Like we have, I, I as as my uh, tastes have changed and my my um, it, you know opportunities have 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 grown. 
you know, when I go to cons, I like to get everything signed. Uh, anything that like mm-hmm. means anything to me, if it's like a particularly bad book from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly show we do, or a back issues that we've done, or or even something that like I love or that I've had as a kid, and I find out a creator is going to be there, I get them to sign it. Um, and so I have like this, but it's become a thing where originally it was just it went up on a shelf. But I ran out of shelf space, and now I have like a short box just full of like really cool signed stuff, you know. And like I got a, I got the entire run of the Cult signed by Jim Starlin and Bernie oh. Wrightson, and it's like that's really cool. Like that, it's just something where I'm like, that's really cool. I have no McFarlane signature. I've are you I've shitting? Literally me? had him on the show, and I've never got him. Well, he's he he does this raffle, and whenever he does a major show, like he does a raffle where it's like you got to reach out to him early, and you got to mm-hmm. go to his booth and get the. And I've I. I once got to New York Comic Con before it opened, and they were like, "We're out of tickets," and I'm like, "Okay, this is horse shit." Uh, but yeah, like we, <laughs> yeah. but I've never, I never gotten it. And I, 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 you know, if I get it, if I get something signed, I want it like signed by him in an interaction, which is mm-hmm. why when he did the Kickstarter, I only did the classic Spawn figure. I, I, I'm, he's doing this Kickstarter where it's like it's over now and it's fully funded. He, I think he wanted like two hundred thousand dollars, and he got two point eight million dollars. No, like he that. wanted a hundred thousand dollars because hey. I fucking went in and I bought my own. I'm like, oh god, do I do it? Do I do it? And then the government's like, here's some twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, fuck yeah, all right, doing it now. Forty dollars. Yeah, like that. Oh, that was that, me. I I bought the classic figure, yeah. and uh, but I was like, I could get the signature. I could finally get it, and I'm like, it's gonna be on a little card. Yeah, yeah. like, and I don't. You know, no. I if I want a signature, I'll I'll hopefully one day meet him and get him to sign my spawn or my or my Batman spawn or something like that. That's it. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I got the same shit. I have a little box full of because I ran out of room. Yeah. You know, you can only have so much room in a workshop, and you just want to get the signatures. And you're absolutely right. If you don't have that little interaction, then what's the fucking point? Uh, that's that's exactly right. Well, the only yeah. ones that I actually even care to get, but like, if if I'm gonna get a signature for, on a book that is from a person that I'm not going to meet. They better be dead. Oh, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> like that's that like it, like I would love to have a Kirby signature. Oh you yeah. Know what I mean? But like, and I don't, and I, I, and personally, I don't even care if I didn't meet him or not. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I never did. I could have a thousand times because obviously he was in New York and I was in New Jersey. And if I had been in any way plugged into the convention circuit at any point, I guarantee you, I would have met him at some point. Missed out on that opportunity. Darwin Cook's another one. I would have. I would have absolutely been, oh been, been happy yeah. to get. Um, yeah, and and don't care if, like, I missed it. I'd still pay for that. Like, I'd still go get that. You know. But yeah. like, I'm not gonna pay for a Bendis signature. I'm not gonna pay for a Frank Miller signature. I got those in person. I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you got that, but man, I, I miss Comic Cons. I'm gonna yeah, be honest here. Too. You know, it's. Good- you were you guys got the best fucking one. I'm here in Phoenix, and they can't even get their name straight anymore. So I don't even know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, know, man. I, I love comic cons, um, and I've it, it's gotten to the point where you have options now. Like you could go like, oh, let's yeah. not go to that comic con. Let's go to this comic con. Um, I was really hyped. There was one in like in June that was coming up called the East Coast Comic Con. Everyone was gonna be there. It was yeah. like a it's a small show in the middle of uh, like. I don't know, like Montclair or something like that, but uh, mm-hmm. it, or, or or Newark, but it's like it's a great show, and we, you know, it's funny. Like I I I go because I want to meet people. Like was I I want to meet the like the list, right? There's like always mm-hmm. like a few people on that list where I'm like, ooh, that person's gonna be there. I gotta see them, or like, ooh, I know them. I'll go say hi. Um, but uh, you know, 
what I always end up invariably like the most fun is interacting with people who actually know who we are. When, when oh. someone's like, Hey, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, thank you so much for saying hello. Like that. And, and that's always, I could go to shows where like, I don't even buy anything. And if, if, if I get to meet somebody who's actually watched the show, like that's more important to me than anything, which is pretty much why I'm like missing conventions. Cause like we, you know, if, if there's a person I want to meet at a convention at this point, I'll just invite them to be on the show. Yeah, that's you true. Know? You can do that now. And there, right. you know what else I got to do? Jack shit. Well, I've had a few passes. Like, I've had a few oh, people like, I have nothing to do, and I'm still not going to go on your show. Yeah, like, right I, on, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. So, so I, I have a great respect for people who actually are willing to do it. It's true. <laughs> it's they, like, wow. They sit there, and they, I, there's been a few, there's been a couple, and I remember the, war, the one, because I do a film show podcast, too, because I work in film. So I'm like, why not do a podcast on it, right? You know, writer in film, costume director guy, actor, all that sort of shit. So I do that and I'm like, oh, no, I don't have one on there. The one I've had so many celebrities on there, but the one I they said no on. They thought about it and they said no was Peter Cullen. Oh, what? Fuck. Childhood. Fucking hell. I was so done. I was I just so bummed for a whole day. They're like, what happened? He said no. Optimus Prime said no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I've had on three other Transformers actors between the cartoons and the movies. And so I'm thinking to myself, is this deliberate? Am I that right. much of an asshole? Yeah, does he know? Um, man. Yeah, who else? Was it did you get Frank Welker? Not yet. You gotta get Frank Welker. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> I mean she, she said I've had sideswipe on I though I have had the guy who does the retro he does like the classic eighties Megatron where they do all the that, new cartoons that with Dr. him on. Smooth? No, oh, no, it's Jason Marnoka. Oh okay. and so yeah, he does that and man, fuck I've had Godzilla suit actors on and shit like that too. Cool. I mean, come on. Peter Cullen, why? <laughs> Yeah, did he did he say why? Or was it just like nah, just like nah. Man, yeah, yeah, no, that hits right in the childhood. I, I got that from uh, I got that from John Byrne. John Byrne really, was like, it was very respectful, but it was just, but it was very much a like I'm gonna. It was like, hey, I, with all due respect, I'm gonna have to pass on that. And I was like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, but it still sucks. You're still like, okay, respectful. And then like when you put the phone down, Tiffany. I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. It, it was just kind of like, oh, well, like, I don't need yeah. to have everyone I've ever, every person whose book I've ever read be on my show. Like, exactly. I don't, I don't need that. But when it does happen, it's even more the special. Exactly. Oh, yeah. One thing I do remember lately is you talked about, like, fans recognizing you is yeah. I had, I'm curious on what your fan interaction is, like, the funniest one, because I had a fan, I was getting Whataburger down here, because, you know. And they're like, oh, it's him. And I heard him say it. And I'm just getting food for my family. And they're like, it's him. It's Dakota. And I'm like, am I about to be jumped? Is an X about to pop out around the corner? What's going on? And they, they're like, here, here's some merchandise. And here's a little bit of free food because we love your shows. And we've seen your movies. And so like, here, take this. And we love your books. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, this is not a prank? No, no, no. Right. We love your shit. Like, we're a big fan. And they're like, handshaking, photos, all that sort of jazz threw me off when I went back to my family. I'm like, you're not going to believe what the hell happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to happen in front of my parents. That's when they'll finally understand oh. what I do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they never will. Sal, let me tell you, no one within the family will ever understand. I think my sister does because she's a big comics fan. And she's like, that's awesome. But your parents will never understand. No. No one in my family will, will get it. Uh, which is fine. Like, you know, I don't need the respect or love. Uh, but <laughs> no. no, we, uh, the, the experience that I've had, uh, pretty much 
every fan interaction that we've had. And I hate to, I hesitate to call them fans because, like, you know, I, I hate to recognize. I, I don't want to acknowledge that, like that that idea. Like, I, I, I like kind of don't family. Yeah, it's more well, it's yeah. the, the audience. Like when the audience yeah. watches, or when when I run into them, uh, you know, they're always super real, like and super respectful. Um, usually, it's very like, "Hey, it's you." Like not like, "Hey, it's you," but more like, "Hey, we know each other." Like it's that kind of interaction where it's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" Like, you know, I've I've had people like walk up to me, like sidle up to me, and be like, "Yeah, like, yeah, we we, yeah. we get it." I'm like, "Right on." <laughs> like subtle thanks a lot. head nod. Like, hmm. Um, <laughs> There's there's two that stand out to me like we've had I've had unbelievably sweet kind like you know magnanimous responses to people like in in person uh, I ran into one dude at the mall like he was just like hey I watch you on YouTube what are oh, you yeah. doing here and I'm like this is my mall I go here and he's like I'm that's human nuts. yeah that's... I'm like did you know I lived around a corner like that but um... <laughs> it's like well that's kind of weird now buddy you, you broke the line. Yeah, no, no, he was totally cool. I was more like me. I'm like, where are we going? Where are we shopping? Are we gonna go to JCPenney? He's like, mm. um, so <laughs> nope. we. But I've had two interactions with, with viewers that stand out to me. Uh, one time, I had a last New York Comic Con. I think it was last. We uh, New York Comic Con's my favorite show, not just because of like the access and the ability, and like that was my first show, and you know just how massive it is, and how you like, you basically just like it's like comic, it's like comic Christmas where it's four True. days of just like. Ah! Um, but also like we run into a, a larger collection of the audience that way. And, you know, I, I see a lot of the familiar, like familiar faces nowadays where I'm like, Hey, it's you. Like, and, uh, and that's always amazing. And, you know, I'm coming to, and, and it's a reminder of like where you are. Cause like we had this experience where like we had a meet and greet and, uh, you know, we ran into like a dozen amazing people who were all like really sweet and they're giving me books and you know, like just, just, I want you to have this. And I'm like, you keep this, you, you own this. Like, I, I'll go buy it. This is, I, I, I'm a fellow fan. I have money. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, it's, and, but it's such a sweet gesture and I'll, I'll, I'll always take it, but like, they'll, we'll have that. And then, um, I, for whatever reason, I was separated from the group. Like we were, they were just like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. And I'm all by myself. And I go over to like a, uh, to a dollar bin area. And uh, and this guy, who's significantly older than me, comes up to me, and he goes, "Hey, uh, hey, um, you're Sal." And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> and I'm like, really? "And I go, and I go, well, of course you do. Like, <laughs> I hate myself. Way to go. Right. You yeah, of course you do." And he's like, he goes, "You said this thing on this other podcast one time about how Stan Lee's such and such," and it was like such a gross misunderstanding of something that I. Like it, I'm like, it couldn't, it, it's like he said, it's like he thought I said Stanley was a hack. And I may have said that like as a joke or in a world, it's like, I'm like, no, Stanley was a, was a, was a huckster. Like he was like a guy who was like a, a hustler. He sells yeah. like he, you know, he, he created, you know, the foundation for modern superheroes and also was a salesman and a mm-hmm. carnival barker. And like, you know, you don't divorce the difference between those two things. Like he's not a god, he's just a cool, funny guy who was shameless in his self-promotion. Um and uh but like in any case, he he obviously couldn't like parse the, the understanding of, of of like how it's like, no, no, just because I said that doesn't mean I don't respect him. Actually, I I respect him more. Like, <laughs> you know, like, but wait, uh, but hold he, on here. he was like, You're you, he's like, you said something about Stan Lee on the show, and like he clicked like it what it must have been like a like multiple years prior 
that I said this because oh, I couldn't shit. I couldn't remember it. And it took me a couple days to like put it together. I'm like, oh, I think he might. Oh, I'm like, in that regard, I must have said this. I don't know. I, I still for the life of me don't know what episode it was like on what show. But he said, like, on someone else's show, you said this. And I want you to know that, like, you're wrong and you're wrong about like everything. And I was like, I, I'm like, well, I can't argue with that, man. Like, thanks a lot for watching. Like, and you could see like his wife was like eight long boxes away like just utterly mortified Aww. because and i put it all together where it's like clearly he saw me because like it was one it was like sunday it was like towards the end of the show like there's nobody there mm-hmm. and like you could see he saw me and he's like that's him that's the guy who fucking said something that stuck in my craw for three years and i'm still thinking about it i'm gonna go say something and she's like don't bother this human being and he's like no, no no i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna do it and then like he happened to create a situation where we both bumped into each other and then he had an opportunity to say something and i was like it was so memorable because i'm like no one's ever come up to me i don't think outside of a high school or college setting and called me an asshole like really i'm I'm, they did for a long time but not because something i did usually it was unprovoked or usually came out of nowhere like i had a lot of that in high school and college but like you know not professionally i guess this which which was hilarious i was like this is amazing like thank you for this memorable experience now get fucked and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, thanks for reminding me of high school. Fuck you. Right. Exactly. I literally like I and but I was not like I was super nice to him and I, I engaged him and I asked him like, well, if you if you think this, what about this? Like because I went to the dance lot school of like dealing with trolls like dance lot is a really interesting. I th- he's probably since banded it. But like where if he has an interaction with a fan who like sits in line and like waits an hour just to be like, OK, I'm here. I fucking hate you and everything you've done. And here's why you suck. Um, he's usually like, oh, well, like, let me ask you a question. Like, what about this? Or like what's something you do like and then tries to like bond with them on some other like level and then throws them like a spoiler about the upcoming thing and that mm-hmm. usually comes like brings them around and i'm like that's a really brilliant tactic I, he told me that during an interview back when we were not comic pop uh at baltimore comic-con in like 06 and uh, oh, and I, I never forgot i was like oh tom brevoort was right next to him and he's like you know dan's like telling spoilers he's like dan Stop. <laughs> You're giving away trade secrets, Stan. Yeah. No, stop, like, stop. What are you doing? Stop talking about it. My name is Andrew, and I am the host of a show called Rage Hunter. And on Rage Hunter, we cover the latest news and what's trending in the gaming industry with just a hint of some sarcasm and rage. You probably have this hole, you know, this void in your life that you don't know how to fill. Well, Rage Hunter is going to fill it. And the best part is we are everywhere. iTunes iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, Podbean, Instagram, Twitter. So that way, you can get as much rage in your life as possible. And some news while you're at it. So come check us out and be a part of the greatest gaming podcast in the universe. See you there. Uh, but, uh, but, I, but I tried to approach it from that perspective. The, on the inverse of that, a way better interaction was one time Again at New York Comic Con, but two years ago now, we're walking. Uh, we're walking off the main floor. We're heading to lunch. We're about to leave for lunch, and uh, we're walking through this crowd. And this dude, who looks like he's like late twenties, he's got like a leather jacket. He looks like cool. Like just mm-hmm. li- he looks what my brain is says is what cool looks like. I think of nineties leather jacket dude right now, like yeah. Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, he looks cool. Like he's got yeah. black hair, he's youthful, he's clearly fit, he's got boots, and he's just cool looking. And he goes, Hey. <laughs> and I assume Ben bumped into him or something, but instead he's like, It's you. And I'm like, here's here's where I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> right in front of all these people. He's gonna beat the hell out of me in front of Sam Keith's booth. And um 
So he goes, it's you. And it's Lee fucking Bermejo. And he's like, and he goes, you guys made that video about Batman damned. It was when Batman damned had been pulled and pulled because the bat, the the bat wang. And he was like, you fucking get it. Like you people spent an hour talking about like why they fucked up and why this is great. And like Mm -hmm. about art and, and he just goes into this whole thing about like revealing that Libra Mayho watched our comic line episode about Batman damned the episode with the puppet in it. There's like a scene we open up with like Tiffany's like puppet avatar, like reading Batman. And I'm like, and that's when I realized like, Oh my God, he, he, he got to the puppet and he's like, (laughs) I'm going to keep watching. Um, but then he turns to my wife and he goes, especially you, like you compl- you made some great points about art and about European like style and stuff like that. But like com- it goes from scary aggressive to like completely super friendly. And like, I was just and I'm going from, oh my God, I'm going to get my ass kicked by this really cool guy, like warranted. I'm totally going to like thank this guy later mm. to Lee Bermejo has watched one of my videos and agreed with me. And like that was an unbelievable interaction that like oh, came out of freaking nowhere. And I was like, wow, like thanks, man. He's like, yeah, I got it. And it's like he had people. Like he had like an entourage, and they're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, don't talk yeah. to these people. We have to get to a friggin' thing. Like, we gotta go to a panel or something. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell these people. They made a cool video with puppets in it. <laughs> that's some that's a story you will tell grandchildren. <laughs> and they'll be like, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's comics? You guys used yeah. to read those in person, not I, online. What? Yeah. Not a, not in hollow form. You, oh, yeah. well, that was when you had to imagine being in the comic as opposed to being doppled into them. Exactly. Mentally. It was pre-COVID times. Like, oh, back when Literally. you could see people. Yeah. How were people? How many people were there? Yeah. A hundred? There's more than a hundred? That's impossible. Who, yeah. Who would have thought? There was um, this one Comic Con story I'm never gonna forget. And we're gonna have comic fans like, what the hell? But there was, I felt so bad for a guest at a comic convention once. I've had many a, a time where I like see them and I'm like, oh. yeah, it's like it was. I, I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name, but Punisher was here. Tom Jane? Yes, he. Oh, no. Um, the Punisher actor was here. I'm drawing. Or, oh, what John Berthold? John Berthold. There we go. He had a huge line right next to him who had nobody. It looked really sad. Foggy Nelson. Oh, and I'm like shy. I told my sister, I'm like, Cheyenne, we have to go. It's foggy. Come yeah. on. Come, he, I, is, I, he was so good. Like he yes. was definitive foggy Nelson. I'm like, you fucking nailed it. Yes. And he, we told him that and he had nobody and there's nobody getting in line. And we go over there and he's like, he looks up from his phone and he's just like, hi guys. How's it going? You, you, <laughs> you know, John Barathol right over there. I'm like, no, no, we're here to see you. Yeah, like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, dude, where the fuck's your people? He's like, I don't know. You go, go tell John to stop fucking being an asshole and not hoarding them all. Yeah, <laughs> it was the best, and he we took a selfie and everything, man. That's it awesome. was, it was the I, best. I would love to meet anybody from the Daredevil show, man. Uh, everybody, well, any of those Netflix shows, but particularly mm-hmm. da- Daredevil and Punisher. Everybody was so good in that. Like, yes, I and somebody mentioned. I remember, like, I have a friend who like works with celebrities in some capacity, and she was like, "You want to meet Charlie Cox?" And I'm like, "I don't want to bother Charlie Cox." But like now, I would be like, "Yes, I would have like, I would, I should have met Charlie Cox." Like, Can we sit down for an interview? <laughs> like, right? like two minutes, please. The funny thing for me, it's like I don't want to bother actors because like I love what they do, but like mm. they don't like you know they're like, well, "Do you like re- do you read Daredevil?" Like, not really. Like, did you have fun playing Daredevil? Kinda. You know, like that, yeah. for me, that's the whole conversation. Like, I, you know, I, I want them to sign my poster. I want to tell them they did a great job. But like, as far as an interview con- is concerned, like, I don't have as many questions for actors. 
um, as I do for like the people who tell them what to do. Yeah, it's, the only difference it's, is like I would like to talk to like Clancy Brown or something. Oh my god, <laughs> no, we just who really like you know who've been there. You could have ear orgasms just re-listen. That's the one time I'd re-listen to a podcast. Oh yeah, own. like oh there. Oh, what was it? Oh, I, well, with that though, I gotta say I gotta vouch for this though. Working in film and whatnot, and as an actor, yeah, I've interviewed a lot of people. Why well, is that interview? But it makes me feel weird. I've had a lot of people on as guests, right? That have played comic book characters before or worked in the filmmaking process and whatnot. The thing that I would tell you is to do a little bit of research on them and find out about them because there's a lot of them where maybe they didn't read the comics, but they love the media. Right. And so that's how we bond and whatnot. We do all this sort of stuff on there. Like I've had the guy who played the shocker in the Spider-Man PS4 game on. He's a good <laughs> friend of mine. That's awesome. Yeah, he's cool. He's a really, and he's like, I love playing the shocker. He's like, out of all the Spider-Man villains, shocker is now my favorite. I'm like, that is now on record. You know that, right? Right. That's and, cool. Yeah, so you just never know, man. Like, it's... Yeah. Do the research a little bit on there, I think, would probably be a little bit helpful on that. I agree. Yeah. Because yeah. you never know what people... They're... I, maybe it's just me vouching for actors. I don't no, know. That's true. Like... Yeah, well, and, and it's just, like, I, I've I've watched many an actor interview, and, like, they're fascinating. But, like, they, they would have to be suited for that, you know? Like, I, yeah. I, I know I could talk to a comic book writer for, like, an hour. I, I, I know I could talk to... Even comic book artists, for me, I'm like... I love what you do, but like, you know, what's your process? You know, for me, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have as much insight. I don't have as much, uh, you know, to plumb the depths to really make mm. a, a fascinating conversation, um, for artists as much as like writers, directors, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'll okay. take, it. you know, I'll, yeah. I'll make it work, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's it. Like, we'll, 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 I'm a professional, uh, Sal, professional man. All right. I've done this for many years. We can do this. Right. Yeah. Like if, if Deborah Ann Wool wants to come on the show, like, I will talk to her for an hour and it will be fun. Like oh, I'll figure I'm trying it out. To, I'm trying to get her on the show. I'm talking to her agents right now. I nice. might have to edit this out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> shit. Shit. Yeah. But she's uh, so listen, great. Oh God. Yeah. No, we could just talk about D and D. To be honest with you, like, oh, huge D and D fan. Yeah. Here. What but, happened with that show? She was on like a like what was it? Um, there was, there was uh, like a D and D show that she was on. Was. Like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The. Uh, yeah. It's um. Shit. Fans help us. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall what it's called, but it, there was a, there was like a a weird like I don't know type of like highly produced YouTube series where she and a bunch of other people like they they had like this rotating cast of like talent <laughs> and they they played like kind of D and D. I think it was for Geek and Sundry, but I don't I don't know. I can't speak to that. But yeah, well, Geek and Sundry I think is the Critical Role crew. I think <sighs> no, Critical Role separate. I is think. It? Yeah, yeah. Critical Role's their own guys. Geek and okay. Sundry is uh, like Will Wheaton and Felicia. Oh, Bell. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's going to kill me all damn day now. Thanks, Sal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, one of them, though, is I want to vouch is David Harewood. Had him on the show recently. And let me tell you, it was fun as hell to talk about gaming with David Harewood from Supergirl. That was the like, I just who knew we were going to talk about Xbox v PlayStation, right? right. <laughs> we were like, which one's better? And it's like, no, fuck you. Right? Fuck you. It's like this whole thing on there. It's like, oh. And Greg Grumberg talked to him recently. Nice. Not on the show, but on the film show. Yeah. You would, Sal, reach out, get him on the show. You two would hit it off perfectly. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. I, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I got, yeah, I'm down. So we're coming near the end of the show here, man, because I don't take too much of your time because you're getting busy. Oh, yeah. and whatnot. Take your time, yeah. Uh, I have to put it out there. I know fans have been saying this too to you. You are the number one guy I want to write a Spider-Man story. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I, I feel like I'm a little too close to it. But like, what's funny is I, 
it came up not too long ago on social media. I do, I, the, it, you know, for those who are not familiar, I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite character. Mm. Uh, Best I, I, uh, impression, by the way. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> man. D'Onofrio is another one I put on the show in a heartbeat. Oh, He's yeah. Amazing. We, I, I was so shameless with that. I, I made a video for Spider-Man Homecoming where I'm like, I know the movie's shot. Put him in the post credit scene. Just get it done. And uh, made a video, yeah. put it out there, tried to create a hashtag to get it rolling. It just didn't work. But, like, even still, I was like, please <laughs> let it but, happen. Please put him in there. Hey, if Marvel can't do it, maybe because it's a Sony property, it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, yeah, I love doing that impression. But uh, the uh, but Spider-Man is, like, a character that, like, I closely identified with as a kid and as an adult. And I, I love that character. But, like... As a kid, I never really had a lot of stories like in my head for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I I read them. I didn't write them. And, uh, you know, like I could come up with some stories off the top of my head or I could take a story that like they wrote and be like, man, if you had done this, that would have been pretty cool and, and gone another direction. Um, but I never had like an organic Spider-Man story. I had one pitch in college and it was like a one shot, like a half a one shot back when they were oh, doing shit. like those annual stories where it's like like a like a three pager. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, and it was just because I was I was so separated from the comic book industry. I just thought it'd be kind of funny. And it's just like an idea about like retiring a classic Spider-Man villain. Um, but it was like, it's so lame. Like in retrospect, I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> like no one would yeah. like that. It reminds me there was like, a, there was this weird like backup Spider-Man story where like they introduced this character who's like, the idea is that like in Manhattan, there's a bunch of like, utility workers who are assigned superheroes to clean up after and one of them spider-man and he's like he hates spider-man because he leaves the most garbage oh and he, like he like assembled <laughs> a suit out of discarded villain gear so he's like a hodgepodge of every spider-man villain Jeez. and he's like one day i'm gonna put this on and fight spider-man and i'm like get the fuck out of here <laughs> you're never going to happen Sorry. number one no one cares about that number two that sucks number three this was boring number four how the hell did you get away with this like none of this is good uh but yeah so I, and i didn't want to be in that position where i was like here's a stupid story about robbing a bank um but what's funny is now that i have like friends in the industry not that i'm going to leverage them into a career i it, it's more like I want to give them work and I want to see mm. them on it. And so it's like, there's a dude, Victor Bogdanovic, who's drawing Wolverine. And he, uh, he drew my first book, Garth Kirby and the Good Book of the Gods, which you can pick up on yes. Comixology. Um, <laughs> little but, plug uh, right there. A little, little fast yeah, plug. $3. But um, Victor is <clears throat> like, he's so great. And between Garth and Wolverine, like he has grown by leaps and bounds. He's only gotten better. Mm. Uh, he will be a household name one day, uh, but I would love to do a, like in canon story with Victor. And I had this thought when people were asking me about Spider-Man, they were like, Hey, wh- you know, cause I, I think I, I took to Twitter and I was like, what's a character you think that I would be really good at? Cause that was like, for me, I was like, I, I run into so many people in the industry. Like I need to have all the pitches in my head just in case anything ever comes up where I'm like, here you go. Here, here's my pitch. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up, so I like, they, they threw all these characters and I'm like, Oh really them. And it, sure enough, I was like, Oh, there's an idea. Like, it, so I wrote them all down and people, you know, more, more often than not, were like Spider-Man. And I'm like, I don't have anything for Spider-Man. Like I'm, I'm too afraid and I'm too close to it. Like for me, it's like, I would want to be the guy to be like, Spider-Man goes on vacation and has a wonderful time. And then they're like, fuck you, Sal. Yeah, they're like, well, that's not, that's not interesting. And it's like, yeah, well, if I made it interesting, you'd hate me because like you think you're him and you want to live through vicariously through. Yeah. 
but like you also don't want to be bored and so that's boring um but i i did come up with an angle just kind of out of nowhere where i was like oh it'd be interesting if spencer did this he's not gonna do that like oh and then and then that morphed into something else and it i think it came from like a real life story about like a, a relationship and i was like that's something and mm -hmm. i wound up like actually putting together a real spider-man pitch for like an arc like i could do Ooh. i could do like four issues maybe six like i could do an arc that me and victor would do where it's like here's here's your spider-man story and it's like i think if i told that it's like when uh when when jim zub got to do like his one conan story uh, before like in uh, in Savage Sword before he got the yeah like he was just yeah. like here's here's my here's Conan the Gambler here's here's my story about Spider-Man and Mary Jane Blah. like and it, yeah. it, I think it checks all the boxes for what people who know anything about me would expect me to talk about but it's also something you wouldn't expect because it's like not you know it, it's not something I've ever talked about so it's like it, it handles that it also has like the the Peter Parker element and the Spider-Man element I think it works. I do have a Spider-Man pitch for you. I'm not going to tell it right now, but I do have it. Like, no, save it. it. Yeah. Rest assured, I do have one, um, and I would like to do it. Uh, but, but I'm not like, it, I don't feel it. Like it's so, it, it, which means it's clearly not ready. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel the compulsion to, like, leverage everything I've gained over the last six years and like and like try and barter it to get my to get that story done. But like. Cause I'm having too much fun doing this right now. Like I like, yeah, I, would I like to write comic books? Sure. Like, but I would rather make videos about comics and I'd rather hang out with my friends and just have fun. Um, this has been yeah. like the biggest reward for me and comics have given it to me. Um, but I, you know, yeah. Do I have a couple of stories? Sure. But like, do I want to trade this for that? Like definitely not like, but I would like to take that opportunity if, 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 if it's ever arise, like, if it ever comes up, I'm like, here's my Spider-Man story. Here you go. Like, run it through the meat grinder, throw it back at me, tell me how much it sucks, and then I'll fix it up. But uh, but I can, I think I have a Spider-Man pitch, and I would like to do it. But I don't mm -hmm. know if, but I think the problem is, and I think that's, like, what, part of what, what Dan Slott ran into was, like, I have, like, Dan Slott probably had, like, four really solid Spider-Man stories. And they were like, okay, we'll keep doing it. And he was so afraid to lose it on the off chance that, like, he would want it back one day that he just never left. And I'd be really afraid if, like, I have no reason to suspect that it would ever do well. Nor do I have any reason to suspect that I would be given it. But I, but since it was broached, and it's like people saying, I would love to see Silent Spider-Man. Um, and there's, like, two of you. And I do appreciate <laughs> it. But, uh, but the fact that, like, you guys want that, like, let me tell you, I could probably tell one. But you don't want me on a monthly. Because I would have to really dig deep to keep telling Spider-Man stories. Like, yeah. I would have to like, I would only want to do like original graphic novels or self-contained three, three arc or three story arcs, like three issues. Mm -hmm. um, but if I was like on it for a year, I, I think you would hate me. Like I would be the next dance slot where it's like, you overstayed your welcome by a lot. Like you just didn't do it. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like I was wrong as it turns out. Like, no, you might want me on like some other story. Like I, I could probably do Punisher for a year. Like I could probably do punisher though out of all of them like just in general like just because like you know what i don't love him i just i dig it i get it and there's enough like out there to use because punisher is very much like a uh asshole well he's a critique 
Like he's a, yes. he, he's a he's a uh, you know he's a critique of the ineffectual nature of the police system, the justice system, the you know the the legal system, mm-hmm. um, you know the the mental health system. Like he's he he is in defiance of everything that is structured in order, and it's like that's an interesting angle. Like if you if you take Punisher and like I could tell that story. Like are there things that are broken in this in this world that I think Punisher or Frank would have an opinion about or would have a bullet for? Like yeah, and that would be a story. Like the, I could probably just do like just be like oh i got something or because literally it's like law and order where it's like what happened today well i got oh here's a frank story about that like you know yeah whereas with spider-man it's like what what does the what is the foundation of your morality have to say this week you know it's like Mm. i don't fucking know like, you know, and I, uh, I would, I, maybe taxes or some shit. I, well, I don't know. I, you know, I would never want to tell a story like that. I would just be like, oh, like, you know, I guess he'll fight shocker. Like, you know, like, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. plus, like, you know, the thing about it. Well, yeah. Plus, I don't want to make anything, you know, like I, there's a there's a real um, incentive nowadays to create more to add to as opposed to use what's pre-existing and make. Uh, new or improve or or or, or remind you of, yeah. and uh, I'm not interested in adding to the Spider-Man mythos. Like, I think it's already crowded. <laughs> and, it's, uh, it's got a lot to it. it yeah. What, and how I, many years? I mean, eighty almost. Eighty fucking hell. So sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety. Yeah, and it's it's That's already 70. got a lot of good. It's got some bad. We'll just we'll put it as that. Thanks, Gwen well, Stacy. <laughs> Like for for the most part, like the good you remember and the bad you don't, or it's so yes. bad you you remember and no one's, and it's become a joke, you know. Yeah, since past. Yeah, yeah, since past Clone Saga, you know, uh, there, you know, the, but there's there are a couple of blemishes in there. I mean, like I'm the only I'm the only, one of the only people who says like Skin Deep sucks. Like, does anybody remember Skin Deep? Like, you know, they they're but but it's just because it was in this like this really really solid run and then it was like since past skin deep the other i'm like these are not good but there's all this other good in here so i remember it but like for the most part like most people are probably like the other what was that again oh yeah that's right he he died i guess like what you know like the bad is so forgettable that like it's just not part of the canon culturally speaking so you know yeah that's that's the sad part like that for me what i'd hate to do is like do a story and be forgotten or for it to be like just just left, you know. That's so. the sad part. Yeah, like people are like it was good, and then five years from now, who are you again? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, for me, it's like if I wrote Spider Man and I wrote a story that was solid, but like nobody remembered it ten years later, I'd be like, well, it's still there. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> it's, name's it's still on Comicsology. It. It's it's over here. I swear to God. Like, yeah. I, I wrote Spider Man. Yeah. Like, Hold on. Look at that crazy old man over there. He says he wrote Spider-Man at some yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. Like, here's exactly. your number five, you asshole. Yeah. There's a there's there's Comic Cons full of those people. Oh, uh, but you know what? They got to write that character. Like they got to do that. They got to be part of the like mythology that'll be long that'll be around long after we're gone. Exactly. So that's pretty- I think the beauty of Spider-Man though is we you and I both know you can get away with anything. Yeah, pretty much. You can do anything. I I used to think there were rules, but Spider Verse has taught me that there aren't. No, like, you can do an energy vampire because yeah, fucking why not? You could do multiple energy vampire stories. Yes. Like, I mean, the fact is, and then it's funny because you, you know you say like, oh, Morlun like is kind of a like a you you fucked up Spider Man with this Morlun character, and it's like, well, really, he's fought vampires before, and yes. if you were to tell me that this street level superhero, um 
is, you know, so relatable and real. What about that time he came to Earth with an alien costume that got mad at him and then fought him countless times in the 90s? Like, Venom is, in and of itself, like, ooh, you're like, yeah, like an evil, irresponsible version of Spider-Man, like, who came from beyond the stars. Like, that. that when you speak of it objectively, like, Venom's kind of a, a departure in his own way. I mean, when you think about, like, the X-Men or, uh, you know, when anybody talks about, like, the deeper meaning of the X-Men, it's like, oh, these people are, uh, you know, d the disaffected, the the marginalized, you know, people who need to, social justice warriors in their own regard. Um, but then it's like, yeah, they also have a spaceship and they fight, like, empires and they, like, Aliens, one of them is, yeah. yeah, one of them is a space god, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like. Possessed, well, mind you, too, by. <laughs> Right, like, well, and friggin', like, Kurt Busiek himself wrote, an, wrote a letter to the X-Men when he was a fan and was like, you fucked up everything. Like, this is bullshit. Like, the X-Men aren't about going into space. And it's like, th it's one of the most recognizable images in the X-Men mythos is the Phoenix. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, when you talk about, like, these people, it's like, yeah, they're, they're an allegory for homosexuality in America. And it's like, what about the uh, space bird? <laughs> What, what, uh, what, what the does what? the space bird have to do with that? Like with Spider-Man, it's like, oh, it's about being like a, you know, being a nebbish twenty-something in in you know in in Manhattan. And it's like, what is the what is what is the what is the evil space shadow character who drools and has a long tongue and wants to eat his brains have to say about that? It's like, okay, right on. I guess you could do pretty much anything with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, you know, you can you can do time travel a little bit here. You can do. Oh. You know, Green Goblin fucks his girlfriend. You never know. Like, yeah, I mean, I would not do that one necessarily, but like, that's the thing is that you know, you could put Spider-Man in space. You could put him in the yeah. in the lowest depths of the oceans. You could put him in alternate realities or in the old west. As long as you're using Peter Parker, as long as you're not betraying, like as long as while he's up in space or under the under the sea, he's worried about his job interview or Aunt yes. May or Mary Jane or how, or how he's, he promised flash. He'd help him move. You know, like as yeah, long as you don't yeah. betray who Peter Parker is, you can put Spider-Man anywhere. Yeah, you can. But like, I think we got too far with the energy vampires. <laughs> That's, the other thing That's where you drew the line sound out of everything. Cause Morlon, like they didn't explore that. You yeah. know, like it was only about the energy vampires. It was only about Morlun. Morlun did not like, it's not like Peter thought that Morlun couldn't smell him out of the costume, went on his job interview, and then Morlun showed up and attacked. Or like he missed Mary Jane's performance on Off Broadway because he was too busy fighting Morlun. Like there was nothing Peter Parker about those about those interactions. It was all Spider-Man. And it's like, if you only do 100% Spider-Man, you're, you're going to lose it. Like, one of my first Spider-Man stories that I ever read was this was the second part of a weird two-part Jerry Conway written Sal Bashama drawn Puma story. Oh shit. In which oh, Spider-Man Yeah, in which Thomas Fireheart and Peter Parker go and have like a like a spirit quest and their animal avatars attack each other and then they fight to the death in the Arizona heat. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And it has okay. nothing but Mary Jane is at home and there's this actor guy who wants to bang her and she, yeah. that's the grounded part of the story. And it's like, if it was just Spider-Man fighting Puma for 22 pages, it'd be like, nah. but there's also this other element of like, is Mary Jane going to cheat on Peter? Yeah. And you're like, Oh, like that. You need that other element. Otherwise you're, it's just energy vampires and bullshit. You Which know I hope I the God never happens. Is that Mary Jane cheats on Peter. As far as I remember that never happened. It did not. It did yeah. not happen. 
I mean, like, you know, uh, unless you unless you don't consider one more day canon, in which case she has definitely been with other people. Oh. But so is he. So, you know, whatever. True. Uh, that's true. But like, uh, yeah, no, I, I, the thing is, like Mary Jane, you know, they have trading cards of her. There are not many trading cards of civilians in the Marvel Universe. There's no Willie Lumpkin trading card. But uh, a little Foggy Nelson trading card, you know, going yeah. back. Although I would say there should be. But like, yeah. But, uh, you know, Marvel recognizes the inherent value of those characters and and the like integrity that is associated with characters like Mary Jane, um, mm. regardless of how like writers at that time or in those periods felt about them. Yeah. They're not trying to split them up. That yeah. That's a big thing. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Well, especially in the 90s, like you could you you would it, it, back then you were just like man there's a they're going through a really rough time but like yeah. if you knew that like writers were complaining endlessly to their editors about trying to end this you know you'd be like oh i see it like you can see those moments where they're like how about this how about this and it's like mm. what's amazing about that is also i love how it doesn't work like each time that someone tries to throw a monkey wrench in the relationship it it makes it more interesting but makes it more satisfying that it doesn't work. Exactly. The best couple in the Marvel Universe, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, what? I would love to see more double dates. Like, I would love to see oh. Pete and Mary Jane out with, like, Reed and Sue. Because, like, I like Reed and Sue. I think they're a little misunderstood. I think it's an easy read if you're like, oh, he's abusive. But, like, I think it's, I think their relationship is, like, one of the first, you know, it's one of the first Marvel relationships. And I... Mm -hmm. And because of their tether, like Spider-Man's intrinsic connection to the Fantastic Four, I'd like to see more of that. Like, more true interactions, you know? Like, Peter and Mary Jane don't have a lot of friends. They used yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. They used to, but like, like a lot of people, when they get older, they start to lose them. And it's like, eh, I'd like to see. Like, you know, you could argue why Mary Jane is going to the Baxter building. Like, you could have a scene mm -hmm. where, like, Reed, Sue, Pete, and Mary Jane, like, go to the negative zone. Like, or go, you know, like, to, to Paris and, like... You know, different planet or something yeah, like that. Another yeah, another planet. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Like, and I, for the life of me, I don't think there's ever been like a really good double date with Reed and Sue. They've done like Johnny and stuff, but they've never really done Reed and Sue. And I think Pete and Reed are more equals than Pete and Johnny. So I'd like to see yeah. that. Yeah. Have you read, we're coming near the end here, I swear, but yeah. I'm, yeah, I know, I'm, fucking, I know. I'm from Chicago. My goodbyes are like 40 <laughs> minutes long. Um, have you currently read the Fantastic Four series, the ongoing Fantastic Four series? I because... read the first few issues and I dropped it like a hot potato. I was like, "This really? is really." So... I found it so boring. I just couldn't read anymore. Plus, like I had Zdarsky doing uh, Marvel Two and One, so oh, I know yeah. I know better. Like I was given a baller Fantastic Four book, and then they were like, "And how about this?" Where the artists don't, where the artists don't know how to draw reading a beard. And I'm like, yeah. it was just for me, I was like, this is so boring. Like, I that's the thing. I, I wanted to support it because I had been one of the most vocal people, like, in the YouTube comic book landscape where I'm like, bring back this book. Like, bring back mm. Fantastic Four. To hell with what Fox wants to do. What are you doing? Um, and then they did. And I thought Dan Slott would be a good fit for them. But, like, eh, like not I so much. I want to vouch for it and say they changed their origins recently. Like in the past oh. few issues, it's well, you actually not really changed, but they added to it. Right. They so they go, yeah, go to the different planet, figure out why they got their powers. All this. I don't want to spoil anything, but for sure. Honestly, they really hit it. I think they really hit like Johnny fall in love because Johnny's like myself, just fucking fall in love with that woman, apparently. Right. And, you know, and that's like, well, she said we're love mates. We're going to get married, right? Like, Johnny, hold the phone. Uh, and they're even saying, there, Johnny. yeah, and they <laughs> fucking read him. They, they even give him the two, I don't even know. They punch him in the face with words, basically, of, yeah. Johnny, you've said this about every fucking person of powers who flirts with you and says you're the one. 
and How's your scroll uh, baby doing, Johnny? Like, yeah, why don't you yeah, chill out? Yeah. You checked in recently on that one? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say go for that. because In the recent ones, because with how they actually hit upon, it's really good. The beginning ones, I can see why you dropped off. Yeah. But the current ones recently, in the past couple months, I want to say, mm. the Reed and Sue relationship is so good. That's They're cool. like, yeah, it's it's perfect. It's I, I love it with a pat. It's what you want. Yeah, I'll check that out because like I've I've not heard anything about it. I heard um, when when Dan uh, got like dropped Iron Man, like you know they were like Dan slot off Iron Man, and like the overwhelming consensus was like, good, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> finally it happened. Oh, and and it was literally like good or oh only Iron Man. Can can we add more to this list yeah. here? Like, can you stop doing that yeah. before as well? And I'm like oh like. I, Cause he's a good writer. Like I feel bad for a slot because like if he, he, his problem was he was born in the wrong decade. Like, yeah, he would be yeah. like a, like he would be like a Roger Stern if they would just, if he was, if he only had to deal with the letters that went into the office, like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, but if he, but living in the Twitter world and being opinionated and wanting to share his opinion and his feelings and like, and having that be connected to his books um, really just, made it so that he was just constantly inundated with vitriol like mm. on a, and, it, and i think it really influenced his work like i love early slot but like the later slot the the, the slot that joined twitter uh, i feel like he's reacting too quickly in real time to the influences of the culture like mm-hmm. I, I if he had just if he could just work in a vacuum i think he'd be i think everyone would be doing better but uh but i hear fantastic four is good from you so i'll check it out like i'll check yeah. out the, the latter arc and see how we're doing. You can email me and say, fuck you, this was trash. I don't mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't I just won't. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Fair if enough. I don't like yeah. it, I'll just keep it to myself or I'll do a show about it. You know, but like, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole else world's just on that. It's been like, what is wrong with this book? Yeah. Dakota Morgan, this asshole decided to send right? it off to me. I try, I, I try not to do that. Like, back issues is where I'll be like, this book is ridiculous. Here's why. I don't want to dedicate an entire Elseworlds book to be like, Dan Slott's bad. Like, that, yeah. I, number one, I don't believe that. Number two, like, it, it's just inappropriate, you know? Yes, like, yeah. I don't feel, I don't want to do that. Like, well, but, uh, I'm yeah. with you. We're, apparently, we're doing a Kevin Smith thing where right. we don't, just don't talk about it. He talked about it recently. I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I just don't ever talk about the things I don't like. Right, that's just right. it and he's like yeah that's what i do and it's a perfect way to go about like fuck all right i guess doing a kevin smith thing is the way to go about it yeah that's right his approach is very interesting um like and very telling for where he is like in his yeah, head yeah. in his heart like which i'm like good for him i'm glad he's in a place of, of zen and, and happiness yeah well sal good man i don't want to take too much more of your time here so where can people find you on social media well, they can go to twitter.com slash Sal says what they can join the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash Uh They can go to the discord. Every link for everything that we do and make is available in the description of every video over on youtube.com slash comic pop. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. it's right now. I got to say back issues. I mean, you're in tough competition because you got critical role on YouTube yeah, and that's when I'm like, mm, like back issues is the top three shows. Like, I'll take I, it, thank you. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie though. I gotta thank Main and Mike because I discovered you guys through them years ago nice. when you were on their show. I'm like, else, what is this show? Yeah, okay, yeah. oh, Comic Pop. Yeah, Mike and Mike and Ming are great. I loved I Sell Comics. I don't know if they're ever making that show anymore, but uh, I Sometimes. I was I was on a recent episode of it recently. Like I was, you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. we, I, I was like, hey guys, we should do another show. They're like, okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah. 
they might be coming on to the show here. I got to schedule all that sort of jazz, so we'll see. Yeah. But when but yeah. when the when the pandemic lifts, they're coming to the studio, and we'll we'll have oh. everything. Yes, uh, which I'm really excited for. So 50 years. Like, from now. Yeah, because you got to go. Like, if you've never been, like, they have uh, Mike and Ming have this amazing thing called a shared universe podcast studio, where yeah. like if you want to get into podcasting, like you go to their studio, you rent it out, and like they'll give you all the equipment. You can make like a high quality, like excellent sounding show. Uh, you know, for through them um, when when it opens again. But uh, you know, yet another reason why it sucks to live in Phoenix, away from everything. <laughs> I know, man. Well, yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, I've heard of it at least. Like, it's a it's a place. It's a destination spot. Yeah, I not assume right there's now. a Phoenix Comic Con. Not now, but like you know, usually. Yeah, usually there's some stuff in there. If you don't, the best way to describe this town though is if you ever remember King of the Hill, Hank and Peggy and Bobby went to Phoenix. You ever seen that clip? I think so. It's like being living on the surface of the sun. Yeah, this is a monument to man's sins. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, 120 degrees, which it almost is. It's about over 100 now, I think. So. <laughs> No, thanks. You can always get warmer. You can't cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. It, I think it's like 40 degrees here. So it's like the fuck I would you love I, I need to just even it out, you know, just push them together. You know, I'll take the 60. You take the 60. We'll just split, split, split the difference. Like, I'll take that because my day job right now, because obviously film and comics aren't paying that much at the moment is a Phoenix a job at the Phoenix Zoo, which I've been doing for a couple of oh years. God, that must be that must smell amazing over there. Yep. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> There, let me tell you, there's more There's more craziness that can happen there. You can turn it into a TV show Yeah. that I won't see on record now thinking about it because a lot of people at that place listen to the show, and I'm right. definitely going to get so much in trouble. Let me just say, rhinos are really fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Rhinos are amazing. It's like, it's like a living dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. The moment you realize like life is really a lot more is when you witness it tear steel up like tissue paper. Right. And you're like, my life's been a lie. <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, oh my god, this is the closest I'm getting to Godzilla. Yeah, me. right. It's it's alive right there. Like, yeah, yeah. Something doesn't look should, like me. It's I amazing. should be running because the guns are coming out. They're gonna trank it. I should just, <laughs> I should go. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, it's true. I'm addicted to the show The Zoo over on Animal Planet. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a docu series that like is every it's a seasonal documentary type series that focuses on the behind the scenes of the Bronx Zoo. And uh, oh, yeah, it's it's it. pretty it's a great show. It's really fun. It's very sad most of the time, um, but it's a really really cool show. Uh, I I love the zoo. Like uh, and that's that's all thanks to Tiffany. Uh, her her connection with the Bronx Zoo is like what brought me into that. And man, oh. zoos are not to you know zoos are cool. That's the headline for this episode. Yes, the whole episode. Wait, who's your guest? Nope, just zoos are cool. <laughs> yeah, zoos are cool. And this guy who has nothing to do with them said that. Like exactly. That's cool, man. That's a that's a that's a really neat job. Like I, I dig it. Good for you. Thank you, man. Well, we're gonna end up recording here and so because we're gonna keep going on. We're just like, oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's true. Well, thanks, Sal, for coming on and Thank you for having me, man. of course, and to all the comic fans out there, stay classy, fellow comic fans. And